everybody we're back with another episode of cummings is culture and today we got state representative jamie keel from the great state of alabama but before we get down to that interview i've got to tell you, you got to go download a great app it's called duck duck go you can download duck duck go on the google play or the apple app store so go down duck, download duck duck go today and you can also use a great thing called Proton Mail. Proton Mail is end to end encryption mail services. So just go ahead and throw your Gmail right out the door. So, everybody, I hope you are getting ready for this awesome interview I had today with Representative Jamie Kill. And uh, it was a good conversation. And. I'm about to get you that after I get rid of that music. So I want everybody to know that um, Cummings' culture is going to be doing a lot more interviews. Here in the very near future. And this has been a strong week for interviews. I mean, uh, 2021 has been a busy year for Cummings'. So, listen, I'm about, I hope, to get this interview up for you. And that way, as soon as I have this up and running, you'll be able to listen to the interview. And I can shut up. That's the beautiful thing about it. I can shut up. All right, there, everybody. This is Cummings' Culture. And today we've got a very special guest. It's Representative Jamie Kill. Jamie, how are you? I'm doing great. Good to see you. Oh, it's good to see you. Hey, Jamie, what 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 have you got going on uh, for the people that you know not knowing? You know, they're not keeping up. They've been too busy with the presidential election. They've been too busy with what's going on in Congress. What what's what's the uh, state looking like this year? What what's the agenda looking like? Well, there's a there's a lot going on in the state. Uh, I think uh, most folks, if if they're not aware that there's a lot going on, then they they should be because of COVID. Uh, it's been a very different year in the state. Uh, we've had a lot of government intervention and interaction that we don't typically have. And so for better or worse, uh, government's been much more involved in our lives this year than, than we're typically used to. Now, uh, another thing I want to ask, uh, one thing I want to ask you about is the voting in Alabama. Um, is there any laws that are going to be brought up about changing the way people vote in Alabama or... I think so. So, uh, you know, uh, we've had several issues across the country with voting. Um, you know, Alabama has not been as apparent 
uh, we have much stricter voting laws currently than than uh, across the country where we saw a lot of issues with mail-in voting, a lot of issues with uh, voting getting votes getting counted. Uh, we do not have that issue in Alabama. Uh, what COVID did do was was brought a lot more absentee voting. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were allowed to vote in Alabama really without any excuse at all. Typically with absentee, you have to have a valid excuse, whether it be uh, working, sickness, uh, home, you know, you're confined to your home in the military, uh, those type things. Those are valid reasons to, uh, to vote absentee. Uh, this year, people were allowed to vote for any reason. Uh, I don't think that should be typical. I think it opens a lot of doors to uh, to allow. Uh, if if it's not wrong, then it a- allows it to at least have the appearance of wrongdoing at times. And so, um, I think people should go vote the old-fashioned way as long as they're able to. Uh, we vote every two years. We vote every two years the first Tuesday after the first Monday in November. And I think folks can plan right now to vote that way in 2022. We know it's coming. Uh, if you if you're gonna vote, plan to vote, and uh, you know it's gonna come. Just like Christmas comes every year, we vote every two years. So that uh, folks need to plan ahead for that. There's gonna be a lot of legislation this time. Uh, the session start the, the Alabama session starts back in February, the first Tuesday in February, and there will be a lot of legislation dealing with voting. I've got one bill in particular that makes it illegal to pay a group or organization to uh, have one of their members vote. Uh, There was a situation in South Alabama where there was a newspaper ad ran that a group would pay your church $6 for every person that they could prove that early voted. And there's a lot of things wrong with that. Uh, one thing that I, I see wrong with it is it, it gives the appearance that you're paying somebody to vote. And, uh, you know, the other thing is uh, if you're going to do a get out the vote measure, why not just give the church the money to, to pay for gas or pay for vans? Why pay them per head? Well, I mean, do they not trust their church? And so um, that's, that's a bill that I've got this time to, to deal with uh, voting and voting fairness and making sure that our elections are done in a proper way. And our Secretary of State, uh, John Merrill, supports that bill and is going to um, uh, help me get it passed, hopefully. Yeah, well, I, you know, uh, it's been a few months. It was right before the city elections, you know, the municipal elections, uh, the runoffs. I had John on, and he one of the things he was talking about is the runoffs in like, uh, like we had in Russellville and so many other places across Alabama was that, you know, if there's a tie, he wanted a way to change that law. Is that something that's been okay. talked about? Uh, I haven't been in those discussions, but I, I'm for that too. I think it's uh, ridiculous to put candidates through that again. I think in the situation you're talking about, both candidates were, um, you know, were exhausted from running a race and expected it to be over that day. And it, yeah, I think it probably should have been, especially yeah. if both candidates agreed on a method. Yeah, I, I think it should be changed because, I mean, it just, it actually cost us more money to do that too. That's what a lot of people don't understand is that um, these elections, they aren't, you know, it, it, it isn't, you're just not paying for paper. I mean, you have, yeah. you have poll workers, you got to pay, you've got to, you know, the machines have to be took back out to a polling place. I mean, there's a lot of cost in running an election. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yes. Yeah, so it's very expensive for the taxpayers. And so 
you know, anything we can do to streamline that process and save taxpayer dollars, I'm, I'm for that. Um, now, the vaccine. Is there any talk in Montgomery that the vaccine is going to be mandatory? Um, is there any for, for schools or for work or anything like that? Is there any talk about that? No, not that I'm aware of. And I, I would be very much against uh, mandatory vaccine. Um, you know, I think people should take it, uh, especially if they're high risk. Um, you know, I, we don't have, as a matter of fact, there are a lot of people wanting to take it right now. Uh, the, the federal government has just not sent us enough for the people that want it. So the demand is very high. The waiting list is very long. Uh, it's, it's hard to get on the waiting list. There's so many people calling. Uh, the first day that the hotline was open to set up an appointment, 1.1 uh, million people called that line. And the state at the time only had 180,000 doses. So uh, there's, there's a shortage right now. It, it, will, it will ramp up as production ramps up. We'll be getting more, but um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know of anybody that uh, is, is a proponent of mandatory vaccinations. Well, the reason I ask is because this is an mRNA vaccine. And mRNA vaccine, this, this is the, I believe this is the first. I believe this is the first time they've ever tried it. But um, it's not FDA approved yet. And a lot of people are worrying that, you know, they're going to push this and it's not FDA approved and there might be long-term effects that we're not aware of yet. And a lot of these corporations that are creating this vaccine, they, they have no liability under the law uh, if it was to cause cancer or anything like that. So that, that, sure. that, that's a lot, of, a lot of people's worry about, you know, the vaccine and if it's going to be mandatory. Yeah, I, I, I think you got to take, you, you know, the, the person taking it bears the risk and responsibility to be informed of the dangers and then be informed of the alternative to taking it, which is probably to get COVID. And uh, there's, from my experience and the people I know, there's no way to know what COVID is going to do to you either. And so take the vaccine. You don't know what it's going to do, but COVID, you're probably going to get it. And there's no way to know what it's going to do to your body. I mean, I've, uh, I had COVID back in October, had very mild symptoms. My wife had it, had very mild symptoms. I had a very good friend, 49 years old, that got it in the same uh, basic physical health that I'm in, and he passed away. And so, I mean, there, it, it, you know, there's a risk to taking the vaccine, but there's a risk to getting COVID too. Yeah, out of the, I believe it's 37 people that have died from Franklin County right now, and, you know, you know, which was where we live, but um, out of those 37 people, I think I personally know about 15 of those people that have died from COVID. So, yeah, and they're not all, they're not all old people. Some of them are, but not all of them are. No. So, I mean, I hope the mRNA vaccine works. I'm, you know, I'm not discouraging nobody from taking it. I've said it once, I'll say it a thousand times. If you want to take it, take it. If you don't, don't. But, you know, you're never going to hear me discourage you from taking a vaccine because. Um, I think it's a, if mRNA works, it opens it opens us up for you know using mRNA against cancer treatments and all different types of things. So I, I'm you know I hope it does work. Yeah, I'm the same way. But I believe people should have the freedom to do it or, or not. I mean, I, I think it's one of those choices that an individual should be uh, be free to make themselves. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Who would have known in 2021 Republicans would be the ones saying my body, my choice? Isn't that something? <laughs> yeah uh, you know i believe that as long as it doesn't affect somebody else's body and their choice and uh you know my body my choice is typically used uh 
when somebody else's body's involved. And that's a baby inside a mother's womb. So. Oh yeah. Um, now the Biden administration that's coming in as much as I hate it. I mean, uh, you know, I didn't vote for Biden. Thought he's a terrible candidate. Still think he's a terrible candidate, but, um, I've been honest about it. You know, a lot of people know that I would have voted for Tulsa Gabbard or, you know, of course I voted for Trump, but, um, you know, Biden is saying in his plan that a lot of these states are going to be taking this COVID stimulus that he's putting out about raising the minimum wage to $15 an hour. But what he doesn't realize is that rural communities like, you know, you represent in the state house, they can't afford $15 an hour. So what's Alabama's stance on this? Uh, well, I don't, I don't know if the state has a stance. But my stance is that uh, I, mean, I, don't even, I don't even know if there needs to be a minimum wage. Uh, you know, the, the market decides what the wage is. Uh, and if you raise the minimum wage to $15 an hour, then the person making 15 now will make 25. And the domino effect is, is that we have ridiculous inflation. So instead of paying, you know, eight bucks at, for a meal at McDonald's, which seems high already, you'd be paying $16 because the person flipping the burger is going to be making twice what they are now. So uh, there, there's going to be a compounding effect that most folks do not consider. I mean, it's just a, for the Democrats, it's just a popularity thing to say, hey, we're going to raise your wage. But what they're not considering is that they're going to raise the price of food, the price of housing, the price of everything is going to go up because the input cost is going to be more. Yeah. And another thing that they don't understand is that, you know, a lot of these small businesses barely survived COVID, the ones that have survived. And, you know, thank God we live in Alabama where we didn't shut down. Like I, when, when Governor Ivey shut down a lot of these businesses, I was against that because my God, if Walmart can sell clothes, then why can't the, you know, mom and pop store down the street sell clothes? But well, you know. I've, I've got a bill to address that this time. Um, so I, I've, I have introduced a bill that will deal with this session that uh, that states that if the businesses are shut down, if any businesses are shut down, but some remain open, um, the guidelines under which any business can remain open, then any other business can remain open as long as they follow the same guidelines and church. So, for instance, if um, if if there is a business shutdown again and Walmart is allowed to stay open and Walmart's allowed to stay open under, I don't know, 50% capacity, uh, some type of social distancing guidelines, then the local stores, any store and any church should be able to stay open under those same guidelines. And so what that does is prevents a store like a boutique, for instance, that sells shirts. Uh, and during the pandemic, they were closed down. But Walmart was open selling, guess what? Shirts. And so that's just not fair. And I think that a small business can be as safely operated as a large business, probably safer. Because you go to Walmart or Lowe's or Home Depot during the pandemic, and there are lines of people. But if you to come into a small store, there's not typically lines of people in a small business. That's the reason they're called small because they typically are not overrun with people. And so <clears throat> I think in a lot of ways, uh, a small business is, is more, uh, is safer. 
uh, and can be more managed better than a large store during those times. Uh, you take a you take a store like uh, a furniture store, for instance. All the furniture stores were closed down. And let's say you needed a mattress. Well, you could still go to Sam's Club or Costco or wherever it might be and buy a mattress. Well, there were people, you know, hundreds of people in those stores buying groceries and buying clothing and all those things and buying mattresses while I don't know how many furniture stores that, that your listeners go to, but typically they're large stores. They're not small. And you go in there and it's pretty easy to spread out. And to me, it would be a lot safer to go to one of the local furniture stores and buy a recliner or buy a mattress uh, than to go to a sounds club where you could buy the recliner and the mattress anytime you want to. I, I, I think it's much safer to be able to shop locally to do those type things. So this bill does that. If a Sam's Club can stay open and sell uh, certain goods and do it responsibly, then a small business can stay open. And for that matter, a church can stay open. Uh, I have a concern anytime government tells a church to shut down, and that just should not happen ever. No, it shouldn't. And it's funny that you mentioned listeners. So let me tell you about this thing. Let me tell you the beauty about this thing. This thing not only gets uploaded through video, this thing goes out on your iPhone, your Android device, wherever. And this goes out to, I mean, there's people that listen in New York, Ohio, uh, California, Texas. I mean, it, it goes everywhere. Um, when I run them uh, through this live casting thing you can do, um, my God, man, I've had people from Iraq <laughs> try to listen. And so, yeah. I mean, it, it, go, it goes everywhere. And it, yeah. it's, it's amazing. That, yeah, it's amazing that you can do this from, you know, our little small town right here in Alabama. So, I mean, you know, there's people that want to listen and they want to, you know, they want to be told the truth besides what the media tells them. And, sure. you know, that's another question I have. The media, is there anything a state could do to hold them accountable? Um, and, you know, Twitter says they're not media. Facebook says they're not media. But I sure do get news updates on my phone from Twitter and from Facebook. What is there anything that Alabama could do to stop big tech from censoring the people of Alabama? Uh, well, there probably is. Uh, the, you know, the unequal access i think is a problem when you're granting uh, uh one group access and another group not and so i, I think that censor and i uh, don't think it should happen yeah it's like the president they say you know jack dorsey right now uh project veritas i don't know if you've seen it but now they've got whistleblowers inside uh twitter where project veritas is actually releasing videos so i mean i encourage that I encourage people to do that. I mean, if you're working for anywhere that's suppressing anybody or suppressing free speech, then I mean, blow the whistle on them. You can be protected. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, we need, we need more free speech, not suppressed speech. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, and this it's... is the best. This is, this is a great way to do it. Uh, I mean, you know, when you cut through the, the filter of, whatever side that the media happens to be on, whether it's Fox News or CNN, if you can cut straight through it and, and take it straight to the people, that's, that's definitely the most, the clearest way to uh, get good information. Oh yeah. That, see, that's one of the reasons I do this because a lot of people think that, you know, Fox, CNN, they think, you know, that's the be all end all. What Fox and CNN do is they have a narrative and they're going to push that narrative. 
I have no narrative. It's just me and you sitting here having a conversation. So, you know, that's the, that's the way I look at it. And, you know, people can make up their own minds. I mean, if anybody, if I put on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or whatever, that I'm having somebody on, you can send me your question. I'll ask it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a great, great venue to, to, you know, for people to express their freedom of speech. That's what we should be able to do. Oh yeah. Now, one of the things I, I got to ask you about, because this was a, a listener question, um, North Alabama, Northwestern Alabamians, you know, for years I've heard it. I know, I certainly know you've heard it, that Montgomery doesn't care about Northwest Alabama. I asked John Merrill about it. How do we get that mindset change that Montgomery does not care about Northwest Alabama? Well, I mean, you know, there's a, there's several reasons for that probably. Um you know, in, in recent years, uh, the the leadership in Montgomery has changed from Democrat to Republican, and Republican, and uh, a lot of our legislators from Northwest Alabama stayed Democrat up until now. Uh, we've we've changed that now, but that that's part of it. Um, historically, part of the issue is that we're a long ways from Montgomery, and so uh, distance is an issue. Uh, out of sight, out of mind. Uh, we have that problem with UNA, the uh, you know the University of North Alabama, um, because of their distance. They even have a, uh, a uh, they have a campaign, I guess you could say, it's called Project 208, and the 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 name of it um, tells the mileage from UNA to Montgomery, and so that's that's part of the issue is the distance to Montgomery um, is typically out of sight, out of mind. Uh, we haven't had a lot of leadership in the state house from North Alabama until recently. That shift has changed. Uh, a lot more of the leadership is now from North Alabama, and so uh, that's got to help. But traditionally, our governors and our leadership has from in the in the state house has been from South Alabama, Birmingham South, and so um, hopefully that changes. Uh, we got a lot of strong conservative Republicans in North Alabama now, and our leadership is starting to reflect that. Um, and we could have a governor, you know, one day from North Alabama, uh, you know, a few strong candidates that, that would be interested in running, I think. So hopefully, uh, hopefully that changes in the future. Oh yeah. That's one thing we've got to do. We've got to get a governor from North Alabama. That That's one of the things yeah. that's got to happen. Well, Tommy Battle ran last time. He he didn't win, but uh, he ran. Uh, you know, Lieutenant Governor Ainsworth is from the Gunnersville area, and so uh, uh, he's he was very successful in his statewide race, and uh, would would be a formidable opponent one day for governor. And so that's a couple of options, and I'm sure there are more. But uh, that you know that that helps when you have leadership from your region of the state we just haven't had that oh yeah well, in a long time no no and um you know our state senator larry stutz you know i haven't heard anything out of him in a while so i mean you know it's just you know i don't i don't know what he's got wanting to pass or if anything so i mean it, it kind of it, it kind of you know disappoints the people especially of russell when they had somebody like, you know, Bedford who was going out and getting, you know, everybody knows Bedford. If there was money out there, Bedford was going to get it. And sure. uh, 
um, you know, now they feel that, you know, that they're not getting the same, they're not getting, you know, it's not the same standard anymore, but I think you're going to change, you know, that's one of the things you're a down to earth guy. You're, you're easy to talk to. And I think, you know, this, this helps when they see your face and, um, you know, you, you're from here. You're you're from here. I'm, I'm, I'm one of us, you know, I mean, I, I still get up every day and put my boots on and go to work. So, um, you know, I, I've, I've done that in Russell for 25 years. And of course I graduated from Russell high school and went to Tharptown to school. So, um, you know, if, uh, if I, I, I just take the view that, you know, I've lived here, worked here, been here all my life, never left. And, uh, you know, I, I think that gives me a unique perspective on our, on our area. And, um, you know, I found myself before I was in politics, complaining a lot about politicians and about the <laughs> politics of the day. And uh, thought, we, sorry, sucker, won't you do something about it? And so that's, that's the way I wound up in the position. Yeah, see, that's the, that's the way I am. Like, I, you know, I, I complain a lot. And, yeah. and um, you know, I thought, well, you know what? One day I just decided, well, I'm going to start interviewing these people because, you know, it, it started with, a lot of people are scared and I don't understand that. Like a lot of people say to me all the time, Oh, aren't you scared to ask them that question? Why? Cause they may call your job and get you fired. I don't care. You know, yeah. it's just, you know, I, my grandpa always told me I had a big mouth and my mouth was my worst enemy, but you yeah. know, I, I, you know, I look at it as a weapon. Yeah. I mean, well, so. I'm, I'm your representative. And so it, I mean, questions are, your questions or your concerns, you know, I, I'll answer. And, and you asked me before I came on, if there was any questions I didn't, I didn't want to answer. And the answer is no. Now you or, or the viewers or listeners may not like my answer, but the questions are fine. I, you know, I, I, I don't mind uh, answering the questions. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that's why, you know, that's why the main reason I do this is because, you know, if, if you, if, if you're timid, if you're timid about getting your question asked, then just send it to me. I'll ask it, you know? Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. It, it's weird. Um, one of the things I want to ask you about before we uh, start wrapping up here is the lottery. Mm-hmm. You're from Russellville. You know, we got it right on our county line down there in Mississippi now. Sure. We're our maybe something like that from Tennessee. What do we, you know, the people around here, you know, the old saying, you know, they, they, people, you know, we've heard stories. People go to Tunica. Oh, I'm just down here for the buffet. But um, do you see it coming to a vote for the people of Alabama? I I think it probably will. Uh, The, the governor um, issued a, um, a, a task force to study the issue uh, they came back with an 800 page document uh, detailing uh, their findings. And um, uh, so I, I feel like that the legislature has the information they need now. Now, the question then is to what extent should we have gambling? Uh, should we have a lottery? Um, and, and if we have a lottery, should that money go to education? Should it go to the general fund, which, you know, pays for prisons and other things um you know the people need to be very clear on what they're getting when they get a lottery or when they ask for a lottery 
do, do they want the money to go uh, to expand Medicaid to prisons um, or to education, to scholarships? What do they want? And then the other part of, of the gambling package is uh, casinos. Do the people of Alabama want that? Uh, I think more people are hesitant to agree to that than they are to the lottery. And uh, with casinos and, and that type of gambling and gaming, uh, we already have it in Alabama. Uh, the Porch Creek Indians already operate two casinos. Uh, they're on their reservations and they're not currently taxed. So uh, they will play into that discussion. Uh, uh, they will uh, try to uh, say that they will pay taxes if we'll let them expand. Uh, you know, the question then is why aren't you paying taxes now? But um, they're not. And so uh, anyway, all that will go into that discussion. I do feel like as long as if we have a session that is somewhat normal, uh, that, that that will come up for sure. Um, and I will say that the session last year was not normal. Uh, we started off at a normal rate, uh, went, went home for spring break for a week, and we never came back until it's time to pass the budgets because of COVID. Um, the state house is typically open to anyone. You can come in, you can walk down the halls, uh, you can come to my office, uh, you can go to meetings, anything you want to do at the state house, it's open, it's your house. So uh, you paid for it, you can go in. Uh, that changed with COVID. And so um, uh, this year's session uh, is, is up in the air about how it actually happens. We're going to start off meeting and then, uh, you know, see how it goes. If there is COVID issues, and there probably will, the building is old, the hallways are small, the offices are small, uh, there, there will probably be issues, and we may not be in Montgomery the entire session. And so uh, I'm not sure how much legislation will get passed uh, simply because COVID, uh, I expect, will cut us short. I don't know that for sure, but I mean, it, it has cut everything else short you know, go to school for a while and then the kids are out. Uh, people have been off work due to quarantine and I, I don't think that we'll be any different. When you talk about the state house being the people's house, now the FBI has said that there is planned attacks against state capitals across the country. I don't know, you know, how true that is for here. I mean, I don't see it, but is there, you know, a lot of state capitals are putting National Guard around there. Uh, Capitol buildings um, before the uh, inauguration. I'm yeah, I'm not aware to, to what measure, you know, to what extent we're going to do that. Uh, we do have uh, uh, state troopers. Uh, we have a private security group that also provides security, but uh, it does not, it's not related to what you're referring to, but we had already made plans to add state troopers to the state house uh, security team this year. Uh, there had been con some concern about the security in the state house already because uh, we were using a uh, private security firm that um, uh, they did not have the training or the manpower that our state troopers do. And so we were already gonna increase security with uh, you know, armed state troopers. And so there's already uh, metal detectors at all the doors. You can't enter the state house or the Capitol without going through a metal detector. So there are already security measures in place. Um, I, I, would, I would say that the, if there were guard, 
you know, the National Guard or other security folks were involved, that it would be outside the buildings rather than inside. That's that's where if there if there is a lack of security, it's outside those buildings, the Capitol and the State House. Jamie, let's wrap it up, man. Tell tell us one thing you want your constituents here to know. Well, I'm I'm, I'm when I ran the race uh, three years ago to take this position, uh, you know, I knocked on thousands of doors and went straight to the people and, and, you know, told them why I wanted to be a state representative. And one of those was openness and the ability for them to contact me. And so uh, I'm, I'm glad for them to do that. Uh, I'm always available. Uh, they can go to my Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or just Google me and go to my website. Uh, my contact information is there. It's easy to access. I'm easy to get in touch with. So uh, for my constituents, uh, you know, if there's a if there's an issue that you have, I will be glad to help you with it any way I can. I get a number of requests that I, I don't have the the authority to deal with. Uh, it does not make folks happy, but I do tell them that too. If I don't, I won't say that I do, and then you know, try to leave some someone on. Um, I, I'm pretty aware of what state government can't do, and so I'm, I'm willing to help any way I can uh, if someone has an issue. Hey, man, I appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. I, I appreciate the opportunity. I appreciate you. I appreciate you coming on. Hey, everybody, that was a interview with the state representative from Alabama, Mr. Jamie Keel. And, hey, we're going to end the show a little bit different today. We're going to end it with the old song, the old song? What do you mean, old song? We're going to go out with the original. Everybody have a safe, great day, great rest of your day, great weekend. And remember, it'll happen. Watch. It'll happen. We're not controversial. We're just culture. <laughs>